What if I told you that you can support your blood pressure and healthy CoQ10 levels with two chews a day? The new Super Beats Heart Chews Advanced is now supercharged with CoQ10. That's like getting CoQ10 for free. Our powerful blend of beetroot, grapeseed extract, and CoQ10 supports your cardiovascular health. Visit RadioBeats.com and find out how you can get a free 30-day supply on bundles and save 15% with the promo code DEAL. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I'm Laura Youngkin of The Brave Millennial. This is Lars Helgeson, CEO of Greenrope and author of CRM for Dummies. I'm Allison Bloom-Festock, the founder and CEO of Know Your Crew. This is Brad Van Dam, president and CEO of Marge Confectionery. And you're listening to High Level Wisdom for New Generation Leaders. It's that time of year again. You need to file your taxes. For many people, the word taxes brings on an instant headache. What's deductible? What's not? What's changed for the current year? The tax code is thousands of pages long. Who has time to figure it all out? Thankfully, Get Help Tax and Bookkeeping has a solution for you. Simply complete a brief questionnaire online, and one of our IRS-authorized tax professionals will prepare and file your return. It's fast and easy. Call 914-467-9271 to get started. If you need help, get help. I'm so excited. I finally finished my screenplay. Cool. Does your agent like it? Uh, I don't have an agent. And I don't know any fancy Hollywood producers to help me. You should submit to Scriptapalooza. The screenplay competition? Yeah. They've been around for over 20 years. The top screenplays get promoted for a full year. They connect undiscovered writers with producers who are looking for fresh voices. Cool. First place prize is ten grand. Ten thousand dollars. That's right. Plus screenwriting software from Wright Brothers. Well, who's doing the judging? People in development at production companies. Well, they must be doing something right if they're around for over twenty years. Man, what a great idea! Scriptapalooza. Check out their website at script a p a l o o z a dot com. They have a ton of success stories from writers just like us. Us? Yeah. I submitted yesterday. I don't want to miss the deadline. What is your goal for 2018? Earn more money? More time for your family or yourself? We offer you a solution. Be your own boss. To learn more, please go to our website www.runerinder.com We look forward to having you as an Erinder. Now, let's listen to this week's episode. Hey everybody and welcome to part two. This is a great week. Thank you. Hey, how did you get here? I'm not really sure, but however you found our show, thank you guys so much for tuning in. This is a great episode because this is part two. If you did not hear part one, let me tell you something. 
right now. Stop what you're doing. Go back to part one of my interview with a executive director, uh, brainchild of the company Avid Exchange. It is hosted right in Charlotte, North Carolina, a company valued at one point four billion dollars. This man has been with the company from the beginning, from the very beginning of failing three times before they actually found the answer of what they needed. Listen, you're not only going to hear that, but you're going to learn a little bit more about his leadership style, um, how he trains and what what he does to create the relatability within the company. Listen, this is a fantastic man and Chris Elmore. You do not want to miss this. So uh, once again, I'm just going to be quiet. I'm going to let you guys dig in to our interview right now. Exclusive with Chris Elmore, executive and evangelist of Avid Exchange. Take a listen. How then does someone in your position with a company like this, how do you foster the innovative spirit in an employee? Yeah. Because the two don't, the, the math doesn't add up. No, it doesn't. Right? It doesn't. And it's really hard to do because, so I'm not a big fan of managing. I don't like to manage. I think that, so you talked to a couple of our avid extras mm-hmm. and a couple of them, remember one of them said, that they have a lot of freedom. Yeah. They do have a lot of freedom. We give, and so one of the ways that you can foster innovation and um, deal with uh, with change, you know, we have 1,200 employees on January 1st, 2018. From January 1st of 2017 to January 1st of 2018, 75% of our employees had a brand new job. Wow. Just within one year. Wow. A brand new job. They, they were doing something. They're doing something different. And so, one of the downsides to fast growth and change is poor communication. Well, look, it looks like poor communication because right. you just can't tell everybody what they need to know. Because <laughs> once you get yourself organized to tell everyone, it's changed right. again. <laughs> the ink hasn't dried. So people have to kind of ride along with this. And so, one of the things that we do is we give them space. And uh, not everybody, because there's certain certain jobs that you know we have to kind of manage closely, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. but there's a lot of space here at Avid Exchange. And when you give people, especially people in that millennial category space, um, you're going to find out what they're really about. Mm -hmm. And I'm a big fan of instincts. I know that kind of goes off the edge, but I'll give you a background story because I play music and I've played a lot of music for a long time. And when I meet a musician, and we're jamming together or we're playing together, before we get in front of someone, I want to know what their natural inclination to that piece of music is going to be. And the reason why I want to know that is because when you're put under pressure, that's what's going to come out. Right, right. And and it's the same thing in selling. It's the same thing in decision-making, is that when you're under pressure, your instincts take over. That's right. And so um, when you give people space and you let them use their natural instincts, then you're going to find out if there's someone that is, is, is going to make an impact or not. Absolutely. So there's two schools of thought about the workplace environment. There's the traditional model, yeah, which is more of a waterfall approach. Yeah. And lately over the last short of a decade has been this new idea of agile. Yeah. This new idea of thinking that is fundamentally different than pay me for doing X amount of work for this thing over and over and over and over and over again. 
how have you been able to balance over the last several years of building this company the way in which work gets done at the same time you know there's there's processes that have to be done in a certain way but then there's this as you mentioned you're giving people space that also means there's a gray space for some some innovation some gray space to kind of i saw it on the sign out there and we'll put it up on the screen fail fast fail hard yeah, yeah. right how, yeah. how do you manage that so that people don't go, what the heck are we doing here? Right. Yeah. But they can yeah. they see that there's that that space that makes people want to keep coming back. How do you manage that? Because those two styles at some point in a company are probably existing at the same time. Oh, yeah. yeah. And by the way, we, um, you know, as much as I'd like this to be a, an avid exchange pep rally, we struggle with the same thing. <laughs> OK. And we have and I, I mean, I can call it out if you want me to. One yeah. one of the things that we struggle with early was we kept promoting people who did the task really well. And what I realized was that two negative things happen. One is, so let's say you have a group of 10 people doing the same task, and the one that's like the top performer, and usually a top performer in a group isn't like just a little over, you know, you, they're usually top performing sure. 10, 20 times. Sure. And so what we did, we take that person and we make them a manager. And the two negative impacts it had is first of all, it immediately impacted the um, the production of the group in a negative way. Production went way down. Wow. Because we plucked them out. Mm -hmm. And then the second thing is we accidentally put that person on a fast track to burnout. Because wow. their, their inclination was do it like this. Okay, just let me do it. Right, right. <laughs> right. They were a performer for a reason. Yeah. And so we uh, that took us a long time. And then when we found that issue, we overcorrected it. And mm. what we did is we started really coveting people who had um, job titles from the outside and put them in here. Oh, okay. Gotcha. Yeah. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. And so that huh. created, because we would say, well, they're an SVP with this type of company. We're going to put them in here as an SVP. And then they just can't keep up with our, our, our speed. Yeah. And it was, and it really felt, because here's the thing, we talked about this before we turned the camera on, and that is, you know, people don't work for companies. Right. They work for other people. They work for other people. Yeah. And, and they also leave a company for the same reasons. That's exactly right. <laughs> that's exactly right. No one quits a company. They right. quit their managers. Yeah. And um, so space is a big thing. If you give people enough space, depending upon the job, um, they'll have the ability to figure it out kind of on themselves. And then um, the one thing that we're really ramping up is this whole mentoring thing, mm -hmm. this whole coaching thing. Mm -hmm. And now I run a secret mentoring group. Okay. You know, don't tell anyone. Right. But <laughs> here's the key to my secret mentoring group that I, I really, um, it, it's had great results, not because of me, but I think because of this one small little nuance. And that is we don't meet regularly. We meet when the person being mentor wants to meet. Oh, there you go. And so, so that's what I'm talking about yeah. space mm -hmm. because corporate America there, I can, I can tell you how to kill culture, put someone in charge of it. Interesting. Yeah. That's going to be probably on every single Instagram post that we put out. <laughs> just letting you know right now. That's a really good one. Wow. Because interesting. Because once you put someone in charge of it, it no longer ceases to be owned by everyone else. Wow. Yep. Wow, interesting. And we'll be back after these messages. Yeah, should we stop? <laughs> <laughs> no, that's that's a 
wow, that's a that's a fascinating um, thought because there's a new movement out here. Uh, Chief Heart op- Officer, the yeah. you know head of you know maybe that's my next thing. You know that <laughs> wow, that's a, that's. However, um, would you say there's some credence to having people or someone at least being mindful that hey, if our if our morale is going down, yeah. Well, by the way, we need to find out why. Something? So, uh, so here's the thing: is that me at Avid Exchange, one of my primary jobs is that um, is that I call myself the unofficial cultural cheerleader. Okay. And and but the thing is this, I didn't call I didn't make that up. They put it on me. Okay. The group put it on me. Okay. And so and no one voted for me. Mm-hmm. And no one signed me up for it. And by the way, there will probably be a day when I'm not it and someone else is. Right. And so um but for the moment, you know, I'm that person. I'm that person. So so let me ask you this question. Cuz I'm I, I'm sure many people would want to know you're at a billion dollars valuation now. 1.4. 1.4. We <laughs> make sure that 4.4, because that's an important point. Yeah, yeah, it is. What keeps you up at night? What keeps me up at night? Well, let me, I'm going to honestly tell you that. Nothing. Because I have a, I have a very, so we, it would be great to get into this one day, but I have a, a pretty strict way. And uh, the other thing is I work a solid eight. Okay. I work a solid eight, but uh the 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 whole principle of a solid eight is I'm not checking my Facebook, you know, I'm not looking at YouTube right, videos. Right. I'm like from, you know, yeah, that's right. You know, eight to five lunch, whatever you right. want to do. It doesn't right. work out like that very evenly because I travel a lot like you. But when I travel, so I'll be in Vegas next week, mm-hmm. but I'm stopping my week uh, halfway through Thursday and then Thursday and Friday, um, I'm not going to work because I have put my forty hours right. In. And one of the things that I do is every week, so I set my goals. I wish I had my book with me. I'd show it to you. I set my goals. I have been doing that for 23 years now. And then every week I hold myself accountable and I write a list of the things I did well, just in story form. Here's what I did well last week. And here's what I need to improve on this week. Wow. And then I, and then I do my bullets. Mm-hmm. So I do all the things that I have to do this week to be successful based on my goals. So they have to have an anchor or a purpose. And then the great thing about when you do that is that when you've ticked off all the things that you can do, you've given yourself r- the right to say, I'm done. Interesting. So Interesting. no matter what is swirling around me and, mm-hmm. and all of the mess, if I focus on the things that I needed to do today and I get them done, um, I, I don't think of anything else. Wow. So one of the things that um, companies struggle with, and I would say boomers and, and millennials definitely struggle together with, is this idea of communication. Yeah. Uh, a millennial may struggle in the sense that they're trying to communicate a way to go yeah. that they, they're really passionate about, right? And a boomer may struggle with trying to say, hey, you know what? You might be right, but I don't know the best way to support that. Yeah. But other than what we've done that's been successful. That's right. What are some common misconceptions that you think um, happen when it comes to communicating? That's a great question. Um, I want to do a little bit of an aside, too. Sure. Let me answer your question, and I want to tell sure. you something about how important this is. Sure. Is that um, a lot of people... So 
a lot. I've noticed between the generations, the thing is, well, you what you need to do is you need to have a well-warded letter and a you know this, and then you need to do your hand motion like this right. and like this, <laughs> and yeah, like this. I, there was I read a book about significant hand motions. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. It wasn't yeah. a whole book, but it was a chapter, and I was like, really, really, but um, well, ninety-three percent of communication is nonverbal. That's right. Absolutely. So uh, I think there's a lot to that. Mm-hmm. Um, and pe- some people, a lot of times, the generational people get hung up on, uh, I want to help you become better than you are. So they have a great intent and they have terrible executions. Interesting. And the intent is, I want to help you get better. And the execution is, so you should sit like this, and you should walk right. like this, and you Wear should talk like this. Wear your power tie. Yeah, and it's not <laughs> like that at all. Right. So one of the things I do with my family, so I have four kids, and I have a wife that if she ever leaves me, I'm going with her. <laughs> <laughs> I got another one too. I, like that. I got another one. Oh, you that's never really know. Good. This is this is her as a pinup. So oh, yeah. Wow. So um, we're gonna get a close up of that. Yeah, too. we'll get a close up. That's we'll do the hilarious. tour of the tattoos. But um, the other thing is, you ever notice that when couples get older, they start looking similar? Mm-hmm. One day I'm gonna be hot. <laughs> <laughs> one day. Yeah, one there. day. I hope so. <laughs> but uh, so one of the things that I realized about my family when I was young, when I was really young, it was just Adela and I, my wife and I. One of the things I learned is that I, I always felt like if I had business success, if I made money at business and I had business success, my family would be happy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Here's what I found out, though, that it needs to be flipped. And it was, it was only until I flipped that idea okay. that things started working out for and me. And what was the flip? The How flip was you? real simple. So it's my, my thought was, as a young man, how goes my business? So goes my life. Okay. The reality is how goes my life, my family? So goes my business. Interesting. So if everything is going great with my family, then business kind of takes care of itself. Mm. And so, um, and I, I pursued this thing that, and I thought it was so smart because I pursued this thing. First of all, I told my family, I said, so I manage my family by principles, okay. not by edict. And so one of our principles on grades, this is going to mess a lot of people up, is it's, it's effort, not outcome. So if you put in the effort and you get a C, but you put in the effort, I'm cool. Okay. I'll tell you something about my son is he had to repeat the seventh grade. He'll freak out about um. this. But he was devastated. And I was devastated because one of the one of the most difficult things as a leader to do is let the people you're leading fail. Yeah. But yeah. what's worse about it is that you usually see that failure like miles away. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And you gotta let them go through that. Mm-hmm. And he was so obstinate and headstrong. And you know what would it have served me to go to the school and say, "Listen here, you sons of a gun, right. you better pass him along. <laughs> you're screwing me." Right, you know what? Right. So it wasn't about your pride at that moment, though. But I, it, no, it wasn't. I wish it would have. No, but I said, I said, I said, Kyle, look, to get what you got, you you put in the effort, you did the time, and you got the result. Mm-hmm. Now, if you want a different result, you have to put in different effort in different time. Interesting. And then he graduated a year early, and then he's on the AB honor roll. So, you know. It was that moment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And he's going to college, starts college in the fall. And so, yeah. But you see, that's the toughest thing. And I manage my, 
I manage my family by principles. And so there's certain principles that we have that they, but the thing about principles is I give them the overall idea and they uh-huh. figure out the details. Right. And right. going back to your question, which you probably forgot what your question was. No, it was, a, it was, <laughs> it was on communication. communication. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That to me, I use the same approach in my business life is that I don't want to tell you how to do it, but let me give you a couple of things to think about uh-huh. so where you can figure it out on your own. Interesting. And, um, the uh, CEO of Nike uh, once talked about that, and he said, all I do is ask my team a lot of questions, but I don't provide them a lot of answers. No, and I like to do it one step further and do drama on it and say, this is yours to figure out, uh, and I hope there's pressure on you because the thing is, you're going to have to figure it out. Now, by the way, I'm going to help you. Yeah, I'm going to do whatever I can to do to help you, but I'm not going to do it. Right. It's yours to do... Um, and let me know what kind of help you need. Yeah, now, by yeah, the way, I do that all the time because I want them to provide the energy to come to me. That's right. Because if I prop you up, I'm just propping you up. Right. So then here's the side I want to say. So I don't know if you know this, but I spent 13 years in prison. Did you know that? No, I did volu- not know that. As a volunteer. Okay. As a volunteer. <laughs> yeah. I w- We're I w- going to stop it right there. And then like everybody's going to go, we Did never you- knew he went to prison. Isn't that great? <laughs> yeah. I've been in and out of prison for years. <laughs> but um, so I was involved with a, um, it's a prison ministry. And one okay. of the, the only things that we did was teach those young men. And they were between the age of 15 and 18, how to forgive. That was it. Wow. But here's what I, here's the one thing that really bothered me about the young men that were in prison is that they had no ability to communicate. Mm -hmm. And, you know, they would use all the colloquialisms and, you know, I remember one guy say, you you know what I'm saying? I said, I know exactly what you're saying. And it kind of, (laughs) and, and I'm cool with that. And I'm cool with that, especially when you talk to your friends. Right. But out in the business world, it has a tendency to um, have a negative impact. Sure. And sure. if you can't communicate basic stuff, you have, the no, you have no ability to motivate people. Right. And when you can't motivate people, you have no ability to attract people to what you're doing. Mm-hmm. And if you can't attract people to what you're doing... You have no chance of being an entrepreneur. You have wow. no chance of selling. Wow. You know, Interesting. It's all Interesting. about it, being attractive. Right. And then the other thing with um, with millennials, you know, the whole notion of, you know, like every other word has a tendency to turn people off. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm not saying don't change it. If that's the way you right. talk and you want to be like that, do it. <laughs> but understand there might be certain things that you might have to change or just disregard. I've had to do it. Um, so you asked me about my younger self. I feel like I'm rambling way too much. <laughs> no, no, no. You, you, one of my younger good. selves, one of my younger selves was anytime I had a chance to crack a joke, bust on you, bust on them, I'd do it. Right. And I felt like if I got a laugh out of people, it somehow validated my actions. Interesting. But what I found out is that was cutting humor on the other person. Okay. And I, and I had to stop it because people didn't see me as serious. Mm-hmm. People didn't take me seriously enough. So when you talk about the the evolution of not just this business, I'm hearing from you that there's been an evolution of Chris. Oh. That that the business has taught you more than oh. you probably have provided to it. So 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 tell so, so that's why when people give me credit for building this thing, which I had a hand in it, I just am not comfortable with. Okay. Okay. Wow. 
Interesting. So when you when you think about institutional knowledge of what AVID is today, mm. when you think about the young lady who's walking in for her first interview with AVID and you're like, that's a bright star. Yeah. What are you guys doing to try to groom that next set of, of leadership? What's kind of the thing that you guys focus on when you notice there's a star there or there's somebody that you go, you know what? It's a raw diamond, but if yeah. we if we work on it, I think we've got something. What do you what do you guys kind of focus on now? So I'll tell you. So the first thing that we do, the first thing that I do that I love to do is that every new employee we do, uh, I get an hour with them. I take them through the history and then I tell them all the stupid things that we did, the kind of funny stupid things. Right. I tell them about how we came up with Avid Pay, then and who we are, and then I take them through how we create ideas, which is something that we hadn't talked about. Mm -hmm. And then at the very end of that, I go person by person. If I have 30 people, I go person by person, and I ask them, what did you what did you take away from this time? And they always say, rarely do they say anything other than this, I like it when you guys did, and then they said it. Now, for me, every kind of small session that I do, I get feedback from the group, because right. that's their way of, of solidifying and learning. But I let them go through all that, and then I say, here's the thing. You want to know how to do really well at Avid Exchange? You want to know the secret between people who have done really well and people who have struggled? Is that every time you said, I like it when you guys did this, you flip it, and you say, I like it when we did this. Mm -hmm. And I, I always say, every single story I have told is now yours to retell just as if you, you were there. Interesting. Wow. You have it, you own it, and it's yours. Interesting. And um, I think to me that is the best way because, first of all, that hopefully that gets us out of the us versus them, yeah, new yeah, versus yeah. old. Yeah, absolutely. But the other thing is when they start retelling the story about going to New York City and saying, I guess all the good names are taken, that's theirs. Yeah. <laughs> in, the, in reality, to get really stupid and deep about it is, in essence— they were really there. If you mm -hmm. think about it, they right. were they were there. They're right. a part of that, and um, so that's that's the biggest thing that I do. Yeah. So let, let's let's shift gears here for a second, and I want to talk about Mike. I want to talk about what it was like to go from uh, someone you're trying to build with mm. to now someone you're you're looking at that next big thing. Mm. with right what what's been the relationship like for you two and how did you guys strike such a balance to where eventually you know what he was good at yeah he knew what you were good at and yeah. you guys you don't get in each other's way yeah. how does that work when you're well, working at this level i'll tell you something and i'm going to be very clear about this and it's not, it's not going to make for good sound bites is that i do basically what he says and um and i know that's not cool and uh -huh. i know that's not I know that's not, um, but I trust him. Yeah. I trust him more than anything. And, you know, as a business person, I trust him. Sure. And I just think he's a genius, and I have a lot of respect for him. And the respect has only grown. Um, so he leads, I follow. Uh -huh. That's a real hard thing to do. Interesting. Because most people want to outlead other people. Well, when most people think of an entrepreneur, they think of a disruptor, yeah, somebody yeah. who doesn't follow the yeah, rules. Yeah. Somebody, you know, there's this stigma, yeah. right? There's well, that's me. <laughs> <laughs> but there's certain things that I can't do. Okay. And one of the one of the things I can't do is have that big vision that Mike has. I can't do that. I can't think because Mike is 
so in, you know, we had another company before this, we had careershop.com and that uh-huh. started in his bonus room in, uh, 1997. Wow. So 21 years. And that one went pretty well too. But, um, you know, it was fortunate because as he went on and kept doing big vision, I, I went on and kept working in the, in the, in the company. And I don't regret that at all. I had some heartburn on that years ago thinking, well, I should probably, you know, have a higher rank. I don't have a rank. I gave my title back. Right. <laughs> <laughs> or I should maybe, maybe I should, maybe I should have a bigger department or a bigger uh-huh. group or maybe a better office. And, and the, and the reality is I know who I am. I know who I am. Uh, and I know, I know, I know what my skill is. Mm-hmm. And I know that I am, I am the, I am the customer guy. Mm-hmm. I'm the customer guy and I'm the deal guy too. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I, I'm not kidding myself because I'm not going to create um, three, ten, ten, three-year strategy. I mean, I could, but right. it wouldn't be good as mine. <laughs> so, so with the last few minutes that we have, I, I've got a couple of other questions. I'm exhausted. <laughs> <laughs> I want to talk about this concept that is in corporate America now that is alive and well, that uh, is a bit of a struggle right now, which is the frozen middle, which is middle management. Yeah. I have I have done poor middle management. <laughs> I have done some research and I've looked at a, a couple of things. But here's here's my theory, and and I, I would love to get your reaction. I I feel like what happened in the seventies and eighties was people found a spot within the company to rest in. That if I run really hard and get there, a couple of assumptions were made. I won't have to deal with people, which was not true. But then also, um, I get to tell people what to do so I ultimately can be in control. And I feel like they lost a bit of the people skill in the pursuit Mm -hmm. of a particular spot. I don't Mm -hmm. want to be too high because that makes me too visible. And I don't want to be too low because then that means uh, I'm still kind of being controlled. In the frozen middle, I'm comfortable. I can kind of move about the way I need yeah. to. Yeah. In the last 10, 12 years, that space has gotten smaller and smaller and squeezed. I, I didn't know that. Squeezed. That's good. <laughs> it, it, I, I would say that um, it's, it's still there. It's not that it doesn't exist. I just think that um, the, the responsibilities that were needed for the middle 30 years ago are no longer needed because individual contributors and executives kind of have pulled those roles apart. What What is your thoughts on 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 middle management? And well, one is that this company changed remarkably when we had to get middle management, and the the nuance was they don't do anything. Don't freak because <laughs> they're not the contributor and they're not the executive. They're right there in the middle. Right. But for us, we're lucky because a lot of people go through and up through middle management. Uh-huh. And that creates a dynamic to where it doesn't have that kind of push and pull. There's no segregation. By the way, I want to get rid of job titles. I can't stand job Really? Why would you want to get rid of do- job titles? I want to get rid of job titles. I want to get rid of offices. Because I think they're the two biggest barriers to people doing this whole mix-up, mash-up thing. And I want... And, and I, well, one, and this is just my opinion... I believe that people that go after job titles are climbing the ladder. I'm yeah. not a big fan of climbing the ladder. I don't want to be known for what I own. I want to be known for what I do. 
And so when you interact with me, I want you to, I want you to know what I do, what, mm-hmm. you know, my potential outcome is. Right. I don't want to own anything. Mm. And so the people now, and we have them here, but the people who clamor for the job title, they go for the space, they create the fiefdom. It's always fleeting. But, but the, ti- but, but on the other side of that, the title is a sense of achievement. It's a, it's a, a validation sometimes. It's, uh, you know, the title is not always the worst thing on the planet. Sometimes it's just, I, I finally achieved something that I set out to do. And now I'm the vice president of right. sales. Vice president right? of sales. <laughs> hey, but let me tell you something. What's better, be a vice president of sales in a $50,000 company or be personally responsible for $10 million? So interesting. Right. I mean, you're the CEO. Okay, how many employees do you have? Well, it's just me. <laughs> <laughs> right. I'm not I'm not I'm not uh I'm not um I'm not I'm not busting on it. Right. And if you're the CEO and you're a solopreneur, do it. Do right. it. But I'm saying that when you're a VP and so you're a VP of a small organization, great. But if you personally know how to produce $10 million right. and you know kind of the levers to pull to create 10 and bring it 10 to 15, right. and 15 to 20, that's really valuable. It is. It's really valuable. Because not, not because that you're the puppet master. Right. It's because of what it makes you. It's because It makes you valuable to the company. It makes you valuable to the company. But what did I have to do to learn how to get from 10 to 15? What did that make me? How does that mold me? And I always tell entrepreneurs, maybe we can finish on this, because yeah. this is entrepreneurs, they, what they do is they concentrate on the thing, the app, the site way too much. Mm-hmm. And they don't concentrate on the important thing, which is the journey, because the journey is the thing that makes you. Right. And, and when you go from point A to point B, and then you look back, whether it's a week, month, year, 10 years, me, 30 years, you always think, man, that was cool. Yeah. And then you, you point out the things that you struggled with right. and you overcame. And you never said, well, I just set myself up perfect for that and it was good. <laughs> right. It was always the thing that you overcome. Interesting. Yeah. All right. So last question I'll ask you is this. And then can I ask you a question? Yeah, sure. Okay, good. Avid Exchange is what it is today. Right. What's the future? So we have a goal to uh, quadruple our value, to triple our revenue, to, and then to sustain 40% growth year over year, and then we'll IPO. And it'll be the first time in IPO history those three things have been done. Wow. Our valuation at our revenue rate with 40% year over year growth. And so we will make history. We'll make well, IPO history. Well, you're making it already in Charlotte yes. for one. But I, I will say that that is, that is something that is uh, an interesting journey that, from what I can tell and, and being here, um, people are definitely with it. It's true. And, you know, here's the great thing, you know, kind of putting a ball in this culture thing. One of the things that you can do to to spike your culture and to in, invest in your culture and enthuse your culture is to set enormous goals. Yeah. So when you realize that you've come on to Avid Exchange and you're now pursuing history, it does something to you. Yeah, that's right. Absolutely. So you had a question for me. Yeah, my question is, I asked this, I asked the, 
people this all the time. So you heard the story and you kind of did your research. So what's kind of the one or two things you took away, really stuck with you? And the reason why I'm not, by the way, I'm not looking for pats on the back or ego stroke. I'm always fascinated on what resonates with people. I think the thing that has resonated with me has been the the ability to take, again, because I care about culture and I look at industries, you took a non-sexy process. <laughs> like, again, like, seriously, like, that fascinates me. You took a non-sexy process, you put your spin on it, and you became the unicorn in a city that would like there's there's no reason Abbott Exchange Exchange should be here. You should be in San Diego. No, you should be yeah, in yeah. I would even give you Austin, Texas. Yeah, yeah. I will give yeah. you New York. Yeah. I will yeah. get you know like there's no real reason why this for everything that is right is also the there's 10 things why this shouldn't have worked. Yeah, right. It shouldn't have worked in Charlotte. Yeah. It should not have worked the way it did. The the, the, the you took a process that okay everybody needs but Nobody thinks it's sexy. People yeah. hate sometimes. And there's, you know, the you great thing that. about automated a process people hate, they never want it back. That's right. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> and, and so it's, it was, that's what fascinated me was to go, how? And so when I saw the piece on you guys, I'm like, I'm going after that company. I got to get them on the show. Cause I'm like, th- that is mind blowing to me. That's cool. That that would happen. And, and in a city that, does not do a good job of uh, promoting space for entrepreneurs yeah, to really yeah. build yeah. the way they need to build, yeah, yeah, right? Yeah. It is a traditional city. And I yeah. get that. And, it, and that's what makes it the city, right? Yeah. Yeah. So that's good. So just to wrap this up, let me say, um, Chris, you and Mike are a, a, a pleasure because um, I think for young people like myself, for for the leaders in this company, whether they're individual contributors today, whether they're managers right now, or wherever they are, um, you guys continue to kind of be that light, that North Star for cool. people. Um, it is it, it is immediately obvious. Um, as I came in, I'll yeah. give you this cool story. Okay. When I came in and I got to the front desk, yeah. uh, the gentleman there told me, I said, I'm looking for Chris Elmore. I'm yeah. here to interview him today. You know what he said? <laughs> oh, gosh. You'll feel him. I don't know where he is right now, but you will feel him when he shows up. You know why? (laughs) They do that to me all the time is because uh, they can't find me. That's what he said. I just show up. That's what he said. (laughs) He said he will just show up and you will feel him. But that speaks to um, the version of human that you are. Uh, One of the things that is very important to me is that I want to humanize CEOs and leaders. Because I realize that that doesn't happen. Yeah. 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 They're they're dogmatic. They're carrying a yeah. big axe, and they're yeah. you know charging and leaving blood on the trail. Yeah, and you guys are far from that. Well, yeah, well, uh, I pre- appreciate you lumping me into that thing. <laughs> and I got to tell you, the uh, I learned that the key to true happiness is the quality of the relationships that you have. Well, thank you so much. For thank you. Show. Thanks for having me. Well, guys, listen, that wraps up another great week, another great episode uh, right here on High Level Wisdom for New Generation Leaders. First and foremost, let me thank Chris Elmore for his hospitality. Listen, if you want to hear bonus coverage of my conversation with Chris, go over to our YouTube channel right now. High Level Wisdom for New Generation Leaders. Make sure you subscribe and you can get access 
to this entire interview, including bonus footage. Also, let me thank Katie Milligan, who also was a part of our bonus coverage as well, and all a part of the AP Data team, and every single person um, who was a part of making this happen. I have to say, the culture in that company is palpable. Everybody from the front desk people all the way uh, to Chris and Mike. It was, it was an incredible experience. And then also, I want to thank you. I want to thank our listeners. I want to thank you guys for sticking with us throughout all of this time, being a part of our show. And I hope you got something out of this interview. And if you did, listen, we would love to be able to continue this conversation. Find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at the handle at High Level Wisdom. Make sure you let us know what stood out to you. What did you like about what did you hear from Chris? Did you happen to hear... Uh, on our bonus coverage, if you watch the YouTube interview, he talked to you about every single tattoo he has. Why? Because it has a meaning. It's a great guy to be able to learn from. But make sure you share with us your thoughts. We appreciate you, and we're going to continue to bring you great content. I hope you guys have a great week. I hope you have a great rest of your day and whatever you choose to do. I hope that you do it at a high level. Take care, and we'll catch you in the next episode. Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org.